Hello and welcome to Alconist and being a heart-connected and transformative teacher. Alconist is a series of interviews with inspirational first-year teachers. I am your host, Iman Gianati, and today we are going to talk about the ins and outs of being a young social studies teacher at Berkeley High School. Our guest Today is another remarkable woman, the very creative and talented Zakia Zazaboy. Her colleagues will describe her as light in the room. Zakia graduated from Mills College in Oakland, California. She's going to share with us her difficult journey into becoming this very creative teacher who used her love for fashion and art to build trust with her students and teach ethnic studies and social living to ninth grade students. Hi, Zakia. Thanks so much for joining us. I am thrilled to have you here. Hello, Iman, and thank you for inviting me into this space. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So my name is Zakia Zazaboy, and I grew up in Daly City, California, uh, went to Jefferson School Districts, ended up graduating from San Leandro High, going through uh, the lovely co uh, community college uh, spaces, and then I ended up graduating from the new school, and then I went to Mills to um, start my teaching profession. And a few interesting things about me, um, I definitely came out of the restaurant industry, and I think that it applies a lot to the way that I design my space and the way that um, kind of master my, my craft um, in classroom spaces. Um, I'm also uh, an, an artist. I'm a stylist. Um, I love designing performance stages, curating art shows. Um, I love doing graphic design. My favorite thing is to dress up and show out for all the functions. Uh, one of my greatest passions is thrifting and documenting my style journeys. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just always really excited about innovation, uh, culture, the arts, uh, moving fast while remaining centered. That's my thing. That's me. What are the biggest lessons that you've learned from your first year teaching? Yeah, so... I guess I kind of would break this down into three different elements. I'm probably missing so much, uh, but the first one I'll keep really short, and this might just be personal, uh, but never tell your students that you are a new teacher. So I know that sounds kind of odd from the outset because you're assuming like, what, what do you mean you're going to lie to your students? Um, you could be new to the to the school. But uh, in my case, it did not work out in my favor when I uh, revealed that I was brand spanking new. Yeah, uh, not that students could already read that I was uh, fairly new to the industry. But um, yeah, definitely, uh, if I was even in that space or if I was a student, I might take advantage of that. The second thing that I learned about teaching my first year is that I came into the to the space thinking that I would be able to relate to students as I do people outside of that of, of the institution outside of um, educational walls. I definitely came in there with confidence, thinking, you know, like I'm I'm this artist. I do these cool things. I'm I'm connected. I'm 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 passionate. Um, we share a lot of things in in common, but a lot of that build up of, of my self-confidence, um, 
uh, quickly got deflated um, because I, I just was not able to connect with students in the way that I, I visioned. And as a as a as an artist, as a visionaire, uh, it just yeah, it, I, I really struggled um, with that a lot. So um, I just learned that that you can't be your authentic self that first year around. Obviously not for everybody, um, but I guess the, the greatest lesson is just be aware of that and just know that it will eventually pay off down the line uh, when once you're able to kind of build up that, that, that confidence in the classroom spaces. Uh, people always ask me all the time, or like even when I mentioned that like I'm struggling, this is so hard. I don't think I'm going to to make it. These students, they they just they don't like me. I don't want to even go into the classroom. Like I just don't know what to do. And people be like, you know, Zaki, you're so cool. What do you mean? Just be yourself. And I'm like, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, um, it's 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 hard on on that level. It's also hard on just like you know being a super rebellious person that's. Uh, not about capitalism. It's not about about this system. But it's not about the, about the pi pipeline. It's about reinventing the the wheel in the classroom. And sometimes even small things like bathroom passes, um, uh, uh, things that kind of go against your idea of system or or building a space that's kind of connected to this prison industry because we have a lot of rules that share uh, in common with it. Sometimes, yeah, it just it's it's just going to to kind of happen. What I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I just thought that I'd be able to sit down with students and have this like kumbaya kind of like moment where we talk about the structure of the school and we're like, yeah, met, let's be away with all these rules. This system is met, messed up. It's all about, you know, uh, being connected to all this like white supremacy. We shouldn't do education like this. Let's do this. Let's revision this. And and let's, let's not go about all these rules. But what I learned is that... Um, you need to do that. Um, students strive off of, of structure. Um, and there are some things that just kind of need, need to be put in place to um, resemble that net of like, like safety or just, you know, consideration of, of, of classroom respectability, like kind of like uh, 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 behavior, whatever. Yeah, I really struggled um, with that. And then um, I guess one of my other biggest lessons is, is the formal learning, you know, just coming straight out of out of Mills, I thought I was I was high. I was like, I got all these systems down. So I got all these lists. I know exactly what my classroom needs to look like. I'm gonna put, you know, the pencil holder over here. I got this. Like, no talking during this time, and no talking during this time. You have to raise your hand for 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 uh, this. Like, there was this all these elements of this like super formalized teaching that I was so focused on. And um, because all my energy was going in into kind of like keeping keeping that structure there, it was just soul crushing. Um, I can't give anyone any advice on how to find that kind of middle ground of figuring out like what things need to stay there and 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 be there as a form of uh, of structural or just of structure or just um, systems of operation. Um, but yeah, that, 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 that idea that I had to kind of keep up with this, um, expectation, this, this, uh, uh, capacity for all those rules that I learned at Mills kept me up all night long. Um, um, kept, uh, just 
push me to manage my class more rather than just really kind of of, of paying attention to my students more. Um, it did not, it didn't work out for me. So it's one thing that I also learned too. You said that your first year teaching still gives you nightmares. At the same time, I believe that these first years has shaped who you are today. Tell us about this first year and what you have learned. My first year was a, was, it was really hard. It's even still hard for me to talk about it now. And, um, Yeah, I, it's just so funny when I when I think about how hard it is and how it's like always hurting my hurting me. It's just, I yeah I just don't know what to think about it. Let me take this one more second. Yeah, I learned a lot. Um, and like, as I'm thinking about this, I'm trying to think of how to not necessarily keep on connecting it to like my sense of self and just like my identity and, you know, centered this around students more. But I just came out of that first year just so confused and so tired. I was just emotionally withdrawn. Um, and um, that entire summer, I pretty much spent in my in my bed I was just I was done I wasn't um, looking forward to my next year um, and actually what I should tell you is that before I get into this um, one thing that I learned is that um, the structure of your first year matters but I like it's just it's hard for me to even even say that as though that that's something that we can actually uh, look for or expect or ask when we go into uh, schools for our first year um, like I guess the idea is that we're supposed to be grateful and that we're supposed to just kind of thrive in these environments where the literal story for your first year is that it's disaster and it makes everyone cry and it'll like make or break you like why do we do that so a few things that happened with my structure um, is that there was no constant communication between teachers. Um, and that's something always to just be aware of when you're getting into new spaces. Like you are, everyone's going to get a different element of our student. You know, we know that of our students. We have so many different personalities attached to us. And I think it's absolutely necessary to be checking in and seeing and just clocking in where like everyone is with um, uh, these students. <laughs> it's so funny how this is still so difficult for me to talk to, which means that it's I still have not processed it all, which is fine. It's totally fine. First year teachers are so strong. Um, okay, this is what it is. My first year teacher of teaching was a nightmare. I was not ready for it. I was not prepared for it. I um, feel like I was really just set up for failure. I'm still upset about it. I'm still upset about it. Um, I am um, obviously need to go and check out some more people to talk to, such as a therapist, um, um, because I'm yeah I'm just still really unlearning and um, 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 that was that was hard. So what I want to say is that before I get into like the two like main reasons, which is like my identity, which I just kind of went through it in 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 that moment, and then relationships with st students, which it lacked a, a, a lot of. I just want to pay attention to the structure really quick. So the structure that that, that it had 
was I, I came into this small school. Um, I asked, you know, for curriculum. Um, and um, I did get a lot of different curriculum, but it wasn't like put together in a way that, you know, a first year teacher for me that can like sequentially look at, make at, make sense and see how I'm going, how I'm going to like test growth and stuff. It was kind of just jumbled into a space. And then I had to kind of like put this all together, which I mean, it's still, that's, that's, it's so difficult. Um, and, um, if I was president or the ruler of a school, I would make sure all my first year teachers like were set up for success. Here's your curriculum. This is what you should, should do. Let's go through a little training, please. And then if anything, I just add little elements to it. Um, but I should not be recreating the, the, the wheel. Like my, 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 my squad, my teachers, the district, they need to hook first year teachers up. Why don't we do that? Everyone says teachers share like we do, but I just don't understand how we have not mastered that yet. Cool. Um, another issue, um, with first year teaching is that these public schools are out of their mind. They really think that a first year teacher should have three different sections and expect to survive. Why would you do that to somebody? I'm so upset about that. So for me, I had um, a world history class. Um, and <laughs> it's so funny because I really want to get into all the details with you. But if you know Berkeley High, if you know the history um, of, of Berkeley High, there's a lot of different um, uh, racial kind of like dynamics. There's obviously little different levels of just, you know, of, of class that's going on at Berkeley High. And a lot of the school um, is pretty much like split up into a lot of those dynamics, right? So I had a world history class that was in the school called AC. And um, these, this is like the largest school. I'm actually not even gonna get into it because it's so uh, extra. But what I wanna tell you is that I had uh, basically three different sections. I had a US history class. Um, in AMPS, which is a small school. Then I had, I had two of those classes. Um, and then I had um, a world history class, which was an AC, which is um, a, a larger uh, school. And then I had an after school program called Bridge, um, which is um, like three, 30 different kids who I'm supposed to uh, support, help, make sure they're getting all their homework done after school, after teaching and recreating and figuring out how to do my job. I'm salty. Um, so yeah, so that was way too much responsibility for um, me to have. So already I wasn't being set up for being able to have, you know, important, meaningful relationships with my students, given that I um, am in this first year and I'm lacking a lot of these like skills that they deserve. Um, I couldn't really pay a lot of attention to that. You know, I was, I was too busy, uh, working after school to six o'clock for, you know, bridge students. And then after that, trying to get ready for the, for the next, uh, uh school day where I have to teach, uh, us history and I have to teach world history and then do this all over again. Then I have to deal with the parents and then dealing with meetings and I have to deal with being a professional. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm no, like, I, I just don't know how I was supposed to go home and just kind of like set my brain off. Um, it was, it was really hard. Um, we're sadly all expected to survive. 
Um, the students are are supposed to survive. I'm supposed to supposed to survive, um, but there's like no strong foundation for us to like really be able to invite ourselves, invite invite each other into this uh, uh, journey of survival. And I'm just like still thinking about it because um, um, th- that you know why 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 are we still designing schools like that? So first of all, the structure was was bs um i was overworked um and they should have done better i should have been treated better and then um for the other uh, two parts like my identity you know um i um, am a gemini i'm very sensitive i pick up on people's emotions um as a gemini i just want to be liked and that's no way to walk into your first year. So of course I'm taking all that baggage home with me. Um, I'm constantly just like thinking about these interactions that I'm having with with, with students. Um, so that on top of this horrible structure, this foundation, um, um, it, it was not a nice ride for that too. Um, I had a student once who in, in the middle of class asked me why um, I'm so emotional um or she said exactly like you're so sent you're so sensitive like why are you so sensitive and it was just in front it was just uh, I don't even yeah it was just a kind of a, a of a mess also you know I wasn't ready to like go back to you know high school you know where I had to kind of figure out my own identity as far as like my light skin like privilege and my just like race and how it shows up into classrooms um, it was really hard really navigating those spaces, um, especially out of school like Berkeley High, where you have one class that's predominantly, you know, uh, uh, white uh, kids living in the Berkeley Hills. And then I have uh, students that are mostly black and brown students who, you know, are riding on on BART, you know, with other teachers coming from um, um, Oakland, you know, coming from, from all around who, it was just completely different spaces. I had one class where students um, uh, thought that, one student uh, thought that I was always defending black students. And then um, this, uh, in that same exact class, black students were like, oh, you're always like treating these white students really nice. And then I was sitting there like, wow this is so interesting wow like I'm really gonna go back into this like racialized like identity crisis which I'm always 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 constantly thinking about um but um it was not the battle or um that that I was thinking I was gonna go through I mean I was totally ready for it um and I always you know bring on those type of uh, invitations uh, especially as an ethnic studies teacher uh, now, but um, it was it was definitely rough. And then on top of that, I just felt like a complete fraud. You know, I didn't necessarily come from like this, this space of of uh, uh, intense like higher education. I'm a I'm a visionary. I'm a you know I'm I'm a creative. Uh, um, um, I put together stuff. I design stuff. Um, I know how to bring in feelings. You know, emotions, um, and. Um, I've read a lot of books, <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, figuring out world history and figuring out U.S. history and putting together all these like spaces that I even uh, miss and that these students are supposed to, to learn. And then, um, um, just with the, the, the fact that I'm like, I want to entertain, I want things to be interesting, fascinating. I just like dropped the ball, you know, I was not ready. Um, and then, yeah, so all this is, is building up to like the center of like the crisis was that 
you know, I just did not have really great relationships with my students. Um, I did not have the space to, um, uh, I mean, of course I'm a compassionate person. Don't get me wrong. I'm probably being extremely hard on myself, but I just know my, I know myself. And so I feel like it's fair to say this. It's just like, I just, I just was not able to, to show up in the way that I wanted to, to show up, um, um, be able to check in with my students and have it, you know, be authentic, um, be able to, you know, be, uh, be helpful, you know, for them to come, um, um, for advice to be able to just show love, you know, I was really just detached. Yeah. And, and I think that really, you know, messed up really kind of like the relationships that we're having. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> again, yeah, I really still don't really know how to talk about that, that, that year too, too much still. Um, I think in my theory right now, I kind of just like put it, try to put it behind as much as I, I can. Um, and you know, and I, and I, and I'm still learning. I am always interested in how great teachers have been able to keep their authenticity. Can you share a little bit about what makes your teaching real and authentic? Okay. Um, so how I keep it real and authentic. Um, I love this question. Okay, look, this is what it is. I can't teach anyone how to like come into a, a space and like have my energy. We all have different energies. So I'm not even going to try to like teach you guys how to be me because that's insane, you know? Um, but I know a few things that work for, for me. Um, and I think it's a lot of elements of me, uh, uh, being an artist and, and like the kind of things I need to have in a, in a space to make it feel like cozy and for, uh, for it to feel like welcoming. And a lot of that's about just like color and it's about texture. Um, and I kind of apply this to my classroom curriculum too, you know, like we're going to have this element, we're going to have this element, and then we're going to have like this, this kind of, uh, 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 bright element to it. So I'm kind of like always adding in. So I'm even like my curriculum are like, it's like outfits to me. So as you probably can tell, I'm, I, you know, I'm really into fashion and high school is the hub of new ideas. Um, and like 180 summer transitions, like literally students, all of us are always consistently like changing morphing into these new things um and a really cool thing um about being someone who's really into fashion and pop uh, music and pop culture is that we get to exchange fashion tips as for me I'm like, i promise i'm not walking around looking like a 14 year old child like i'm grown but we see eye to eye so i have like laser eyes. I can feel when a 14 year old kid needs to know her eyelashes are popping today. I'm the teacher that will put on Old Town Road and can break it down a little bit. Um, I can talk trash about uh, Bad Bunny really selling $300 special edition Crocs. I know how to take pictures on an iPhone. Like, I don't even have to really say anymore. Like, I am, am, am so cool just alone on that uh, fact. Yeah, so I don't want to have to sharpen my knives and convince you that I'm like legit, but uh, like a legit super super kitty cat. But what I can do is offer some tips on how to create a space that invites kids and makes you feel like it's their spot. I um, definitely learned from Genevieve like you can have a, a, a hangout, but you have to have boundaries. Oh, that's something else that I learned. Like, oh yeah, boundaries. What are those? Um, so yeah, so for me. Um, 
I would, I've never really read into it, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of psychology in just uh, how you are lightening up your space. One thing that teachers do all the time, so what I'm, what I'm basically arguing is, is that one reason why a lot of students feel comfortable with me is how I literally design myself. I design, design my space. I make my room feel super comfortable. Kids want to, to come by and ask questions. They feel curious, you know, um, um, in there. Yeah, it's all about it's all about that 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 space. So you, if you can get long tables, you get long tables because all of us hate desks. Your wall art doesn't just need to check the box for being ethnically diverse. You need to actually invest in some dope art. Um, you have to go and see local artists. You have to put kids art on the wall, but not every single uh, assignment. Um, I had uh, a rug. Um, I'd always have music on. Uh, a lot of students loved this huge bottle of rose water I kept on my desk. Like sometimes even just like before lunch, they would come in and just like, you know, uh, spray some on their face and say hello. Um, colors are really, really important. Um, not having too many colors in your room and having it be so uh, uh, overbearing. Having uh, uh, not so much stuff like on your wall. Like some teachers just like put up like every single assignment paper, whatever. Like everything is on on your wall. That it come you walk in and you're just kind of getting like a uh, uh, just too overwhelmed. So you just gotta calm it down. Like bring it down. Make it look like like, like an adorable living room. It's great. Um, but kids will literally walk into my room and immediately just comment how um, peaceful that they felt. And this was just like last year as well. And just to like give you an idea too, like the colors I usually use are like blues and oranges, just like super calming uh, uh, colors. Um, but yeah, that that and yeah, I think the most really authentic thing is that I, I can just really connect to, to students like that. Um, which tells me a lot too. It's like I'm their I'm their auntie teacher. It's wonderful. It's real great. How did you integrate art and design to build trust with your students? Yeah, I am really just super passionate about bringing art into classroom spaces. My initial idea was to be an art teacher. But then I was like, okay, like I already know the state of um, of art classes in schools, and if I want to get to the eventually to the population of students that I really want to engage with, it might be smart for me to get a history, um, a history uh, credential rather than an art credential, so I can get to those spaces, and then I would just apply art in those classes. And some people will, will initially kind of, initially just kind of think like, well, you know, like, is that really educational? Like, shouldn't you be teaching more about like writing and picking up these other critical skills? But you already know what I'm going to argue is that design is so crucial. It's so important. We uh, need that in, to be like mixed in with our curriculum. Like we need to create stuff. There's so much stuff really embedded in art and so, of it, so much of it that relates to current um, political uh, issues to ethnic studies to um, just social living that our kids deserve for us to mix it into uh, the classroom. Um, I'll just tell you like a few things that um, I do. So I really like um, these cards from the Black School, which I kind of look at them as uh, tarot cards, and they're called processing uh, decks, and they kind of just help you brainstorm how to create. Uh, activism projects. Um, so 
you have all these different cards that will say like, okay, who are you trying? Like, who are you, who are you trying to reach to? What are you passionate about? Which way do you want to execute this? And there's all these different ideas. So again, it's like you know, putting that type of design um, expectation in front of students on top of you know what we're already engaging uh, with, just as far as like the rigor of the writing, um, all of that. Um, it's really fun and uh, for them to be able to uh, participate in in artworks. Another thing that I did was work at SFMOMA for a little while, just helping them create a different uh, curriculum for their art pieces. And um, they really hooked me up with all these uh, cars, these different like processes, these different uh, um, kind of ways to critically look at, at art and ask questions and um, have it be fun um, and for even students who think that they don't like art um, at all. And then I'll just tell you about like one of my favorite uh, art projects that I um, do with my ninth graders. So I actually learned this from uh, my uh, student teacher uh, days and just kind of like re uh, just kind of like um, move some things around, bringing in my SFMOMA um, uh, education. Um, so we have this immigration project that we um, do every single year where students um, are picking up on all these so, like just like fascinating uh, tools. They're learning how to record, be journalists. They are transcribing. They are really going out into the field and learning about their family members or in some cases, complete strangers. Um, our students um, uh, find someone to interview that's um, an, an immigrant. If they don't end up having someone um, that they can interview, then I have a list of uh, friends and, and family members and sometimes other teachers that students will be able to um, interview. So we go through our actual uh, curriculum um, and then we um, get to uh, yeah to this this podcast moment uh, and then they have to interview them they have to take a photo of this person from their shoulders up um, and then uh, we get to learn from a local artist um, and in my first year uh, Ori the original came um, to our classroom and he actually taught them how to do this process of, of art and if you don't know who Ori original is he does uh, posters that you sometimes uh, see uh probably actually all around uh, the world, but they are these black and white uh, photos that have faces of um, people whose lives have been stolen from uh, police. Um, so yeah, they're all around in San Francisco and Berkeley. Um, they're everywhere. Um, just, yeah. So him honoring people of, of color killed by uh, law enforcement. So it's really cool. And they get to uh, find out about him and how he's connecting put, and like putting his kind of political passions into his, his art. Um, so they get to learn that. And so, yeah, so they, um, and this is all building up on art. It's so exciting. I love it all. Even the podcast, you know, form of it. So then they uh, we teach students how to put all these questions together. Sorry, I probably said that. So yeah, they, they interviewed them. Um, they have to record. They have to transcribe it. They have to put some of their quotes into their formal uh, uh, writing towards, uh, towards the end. And then, yeah, so they get to make these really cool portraits and the Art is so phenomenal because it's a, it's a really easy way for even kids who are not great at art to make a really nice one. It's a super easy uh, process. Um, and then, you know, just to kind of get some more color in there, I um, use this super graphic method that I picked up at um, SFMOMA, where it's like blocking with colors and students having to like look at shapes and like um, think about the, the person that they interviewed, think of colors that kind of like match their tone, match their story, and then they make these really cool 
backgrounds for their black and white portraits. It's so great. Um, I do hang them. I want the. Um, I did it last year again, and they're still hanging up in my classroom. And anyone who comes by my classroom, even adults, teachers, back to school night, everyone stops in and is just like, oh my god, that is such a beautiful background. And then students always come and bring their friends to show it to them. It's just so great. It goes beyond uh, just like curriculum. They're getting to know each other. They're getting to show off their stuff or, you know, um, creating a product that they're proud of. Um, so I love bringing in art, as you can tell, um, into the classroom. How is distance learning going for you? <laughs> so I'm sorry to give you the, like, the most disappointing answers to this, but distance learning is... Yeah, I just really don't have any <laughs> words for it. Um, I don't like it. I feel like a broken record if I just, you know, kind of go down the list of things of why I don't like it. So I'm going to save you from that. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, it's it's a black screen. It's sucking all of my energy. There is no texture. There's not enough sounds. Um, there's not enough energy. I, you know... Sometimes I'll see my students in the back of a, of a you know, student uh, teacher phone call um, on Zoom, and then I'll suddenly see how tall they are, and that just, like, amazes and shocks me, and I'm just like, wow, like, even though, I don't, yeah, it's just, I don't, yeah, I don't like it, um, and again, like, energy, feeling, like, emotions, like, all that that, I'm, that we're missing out on, that these ninth graders are missing out on, it's just, it's just a lot. But I will say that on the bright side, I love to like living chaos that stopped my first year of teaching. So this for me is a, more of like a comfortable uh, a chaos where I get to kind of really see people reorganize and uh, reimagine um, during a pandemic. And to me, that's super sophisticated and rebellious um, that I get to see all these different types of, of people come together and create great things. What is something you did differently and that you will most likely keep for when we return to in-person teaching? This comes into two pieces for me. One thing that I would keep is the way that Berkeley High has structured their like sequence of, of learning. Math and like science teachers are not a fan of this because we have they have huge gaps in between lessons and they really need those to connect and even for me as an ethnic studies teacher as a social living teacher our four to five like week um uh classes that we have right now for our different uh pods it's not long enough to have like you know a a, a proper like lesson uh, about immigration or about race about culture it's not enough time at all but there's definitely uh, element in the uh, three classes a day as opposed to six classes a day that we need to adapt. Um, I think that uh, uh, it's great for kids. I also think that it's great that we start later. Um, why were we starting that early? Don't really know. And yeah, and, and we also have Wednesday equity days, which is like, what? We should have been doing that already. Like, yes, like this is how we can support our students that have IEPs who need more more attention. Otherwise, you're making teachers work more, and that's not really 
nice. Yeah, so design-wise, again, and I know I'm obsessed with this, but I just always, like, see these weird, weird, weird holes. Um, I do think that we need to really restructure our schedule, our bell, our bell schedule uh, system, because I, I do think that what's, um, what we're doing right now is on the right path. Um, I guess this is, like, this, this is the sad news, the sad ending, is I, I don't want to be a teacher anymore. Um, I think all this time spending at home really just... Uh, taught me about my capacity in public school systems. Yeah, it's it's just kind of weird. Like, yo, yeah, I'm already a statistic, and yet I'm gonna be another one who um, drops out, who who taps out their 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 third at the end of their third year um, to pursue another adventure. Yeah, I love I love the community involved in teaching. There are so many relationships and bonds and forms of, of trust that I built over the last four years. Um, I think that, you know, if it wasn't for those teachers that really, really, you know, helped me out and supported me and inspired me, I would definitely have tapped out by last year. But um, I for me, I just I can't imagine stepping back into the classroom and like dealing um, with all of what's going on and um, um, some people might look at it as a coward but you know it's not where um, I can be best used yeah the administration duties and the hierarchy of people I'm like beholden to it's just far too much responsibility for me um, um, having to um, be available for your students is super important to me. That's all like I want to do is be there, hear them. I want to be able to explore. I want to laugh. I want to um, uh, build skills to be able to um, encourage students who don't um, think that they uh, like um, a, a certain subject. I, like there's just so many things I'm I'm so interested in in, in doing, but um, I really just want to be involved with my students. Um, and then having all these different people I have to constantly, you know, answer to, it's just not my thing. Having to answer to admin, the parents, the district, and then having um, um, the responsibility or the feeling that if a student is failing that it's your fault. Um, how do you sleep at night? Like, I don't, yeah, you know, how do you sleep at night? I don't, I don't really know. I'm certainly a teacher. Um, that's what I definitely learned too. And I'm so thankful that I like took this journey. But yeah, public high school classroom is it's not my party. Um, you can send your kids to me after school so we can, you know, learn about who Octavia Butler is and make some super dope sci-fi futuristic patches with their favorite visionary in it and then stitch it onto their jacket so they can walk through the hallways representing. But <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my type of teaching that I want. Um, but yeah, with in, in the system, I'm just like, I, I can't do it. Um, and yeah, it's for some people. Like when I talk to my friend Vivi, I get so excited because she's so excited about it. I know it works for her. I believe in in her because she knows how to to do this. She wants to like she's she's engaged in all the learning of of of, of the book. She knows all the systems like in and out. When she even just talks about her curriculum alone, I'm just like, oh my god, I wish I was in that in that classroom, you know. So yeah, I believe in her, you know. But yeah, I'm need to be able to be in a space where I'm being maximized and I really feel like the public high school system is minimizing me 
them and I don't like it. And so I want out. So that's what I learned. Um, it's not bittersweet. It's actually super exciting. Um, obviously, it's also really scary because this was a really expensive journey. But I did learn that. Um, so, hey, it's me, Zakia. And I quit. Just kidding. Okay. Okay. <laughs>